You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your host, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I like uh, it. Miami. Uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat. Uh. <laughs> Can y'all feel that? Can y'all feel that? Jig it out. Uh. You started off. <laughs> I hate this song. Welcome to 80s Revisited. Yeah. Woo! Daniel's yeah. first intro. Like, Heading up to started. Miami. I've never been to Miami. I heard it's like a nasty town. <laughs> I I'm, really wouldn't want to go to Miami. Heard. Yeah. That's all I'm basing it on is what people have told me. Like, oh, you're going to Florida? You're going to Miami? Uh, you might want to just stop at Orlando. That's usually yeah. what I hear. Really? Tampa. Well, I heard Tampa, 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 her Tampa, <laughs> Tampa, St. Petersburg area is really nice. Yeah, they have the best beaches in Tampa, according to the you know beach guy yeah. or whatever. Oh, really? Well, this is '80s podcast. So <laughs> pizza was around in the '80s, <laughs> but anyway, the final episode of our Police Academy coverage as we wrap up, as we graduate the Police Academy ourselves and move on to bigger, better things, not to be sucked back in repeatedly five, excuse me, six times plus a series. Let's let's go. Ahead, let's get right into it. Police Academy Five Assignment Miami Beach. They're taking them out of the city and putting them on the beach. March eighteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. IMDb three point eight. A lot of eights here. Rotten mm. Tomatoes zero percent. <laughs> Critics again. There were no just there, no zero one because there was it, no eh? reviews. Oh okay. Forty-four uh, percent audience. Budget no no numbers. However, opening was six point one million. I would imagine it cost it probably only half that. Uh, especially since Mahoney and some of the other people were not in this one. Uh, budget obviously would go down. Uh, domestic gross, 19.5. So it's still, in, again, $1988, 19.5. That's roughly like maybe a $40 million picture these days, roughly, uh, based for inflation. Mm. Uh, the director of this one was Alan Meyerson. He did a shit ton of episodes of Boy Meets World, uh-huh. uh, written by Steve Kerwick, who also wrote a lot of episodes of Family Ties and Growing Pains. Uh, the new additions to this one, uh, Sergeant Nick Lassard, uh, his nephew, uh, Captain Commandant Lassard's nephew, I believe, was Matt McCoy. He would return for Police Academy 6. He was also in L.A. Confidential and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, Ooh. which made many a young boy fall in love with Rebecca De Mornay, or should I say De Hornay, to steal a Wayne's World joke, yeah. which was on the television show, not the movie. I mean, uh, the skit, not the movie, I should say. Yeah. Although I would totally tune in to Wayne's World. If it was on public access. <laughs> and they, just, they don't broadcast anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they moved out of his mom's basement. Uh, Janet Jones will be Officer Kate. She was also in A League of Their Own and Beastmaster as one of the witches. Did you read anything on her? Nope. She doesn't look, pretty, doesn't look too Janet bad. Janet Jones is Wayne Gretzky's wife. Are you serious? Yes. Is that a spoiler for your sports rewind? No. <laughs> wow. No. The 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 rewind, it, it it's interesting. Mm. There doesn't. There, there needs to not be much said on it. Oh well, let's let's keep moving and build the it's suspense. It's not sports or video game. Oh, whoa! Yeah, stay tuned, true believers. Uh, and then Renee, I have no clue how to pronounce his last name. Oh, have you ever seen Wayne Gretzky's daughter? No. Look her up. <laughs> I'm assuming it's probably because she's hot. 
which would be why you would say that. Let's see. Paulina Gretzky. I'm guessing. Is that her little selfie that's on Instagram? I don't know. She she likes her body. Will be a. She's got a. Well, there's better. I mean, she's pretty, but she's got an odd. At least in that picture. Okay, that okay. More kind of normal <laughs> pictures. Yeah, she's pretty hot. I wouldn't kick her out of bed if I was <laughs> not married. Yeah, Janet Jones gave birth to that. Wow. Thank you, Janet Jones. <laughs> Whoa. There's some good pictures of her. Just Google everybody. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, she likes the beach. <laughs> Miami Beach. Oh, bringing it nice back. One. <laughs> bringing it back. Uh, but Renee um, Aubert-Jonois is Tony, the annoying slick back hair villain of this piece with a mustache to die for. Uh, but more importantly, he was uh, in The Little Mermaid. He was the voice in The Little Mermaid. He was uh, the chef oh. or something on there. Uh, but also, more importantly for fellow geeks slash nerds, uh, he was, I think the character was an, was Odo in Deep Space Nine, the kind of weird-looking shapeshifter or something. I never watched Deep Space Nine, forgive right. my ignorance, but that was kind of, uh, once I was, realized that was him, I recognized him immediately, just from pictures of him on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I think he was one of, like, kind of like one of the more popular characters on that one. Again, I never watched it. I cannot say for sure. Well, but there he is right there. Yep, dead center. So, Daniel, this is the fifth time that you've seen these knuckleheads fumble about whatever situation they're put into. Uh, what do you think of this one? I liked it a little bit better than... Um, I did, too. This is that curve going up at the end of the slide. Then three you know, and four. I liked it a little bit better. It's still not anything I would go back and watch. Yeah, any kind special. Of scene. However, but, uh, I like... I like the fact that it was more centered on Lassard. Not centered, but you saw Lassard more. Yeah, he had a little bigger part, especially in the end. He can't. He, yeah, he kind of had a, like um, a, a, a bunch of kind of like physical comedy yeah. stuff with him. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know what's happening type thing. Yeah, you know, like when he's walking uh, with his golf clubs and yeah, all the balls, the balls falling out, and just little things like that. I like Lassard. He was he was probably my top five, three favorite characters on there, or something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, definitely. Um, didn't miss Mahoney in the slightest. Yeah, I mean, just not a big fan of Steve Gutenberg in general. I would um, completely agree with that. I mean, aside from uh, Please Count Me One in Short Circuit, I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, what, what's there to say about him except he was. Not that he's a bad actor, but I mean, he's not done. What has he done that's. I mean, aside from. I mean, he's, you know, he's like William. He's like David Duchovny. Did you say Three Men and a Baby? Yeah, but I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, Tom right. Selleck's the real star of those. <laughs> uh, but, um,. You know, like David Duchovny. I mean, anytime I see David Duchovny, it's he's molder to me. Right. Even though that was only for six seasons or five. I uh, can't remember before he his character. He kind of like took off from the show. But I mean, every time I see Steve, Steve Gutenberg, I don't think of Short Circuit. I don't think of Three Men and Baby. I think of him in a cop uniform trying to score with Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Or accidentally being thought of giving elderly men blowjobs and podiums. <laughs> uh, but definitely, because his character in the film, like Tackleberry, is in a sense iconic. I mean, he's he's a He's a like uh, David, whatever his name was, is kind of like he is that character. Uh, Bubba Smith as Hightower is, you know, he's mm. kind of that character. Of course, that's all they really did. But Steve Steve Gutenberg's character is really nothing special aside from the first one in his terrible fashion sense. Mm. Uh, right. You know, any any as proved in five of, and six, anybody can be that character in this series. Yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't like it's going to fall apart without him or anything. He wasn't like, uh, uh, let's see, what show uh, The Office. 
where Steve Carell left. And even though I thought it got a little bit better after he left, it ended up failing, what, two seasons later? Or they had mm. two seasons after they in the series? Never by really watched it. Other people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, it, again, it was more of the same. You had your same little gags for <clears throat> all the main characters, which is, I mean, it's okay to see. It's not like you, what, what else are they going to do? Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I think, uh, honest, I like this one a good bit better than three or four, which going into this, I, I didn't have really many fond memories of this one. I remember certain things like the shark, like, leave the swimming area now, mister, and the shark swims off, you know, because I'm a shark person. Uh, literally, I am a shark under this human skin. Uh <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Somebody's swimming. <laughs> the shark signal has been sounded. But anyway, uh, I think uh, as far as this one goes, you kind of get uh, the Matt McCoy, the uh, Eric, what's his name, Nicholas Ard character, who again he's basically Mahoney, but it's it's a little different. I mean, you know, it's a new character. Uh, he's not the he's not the center of attention like Mahoney was. Which I think one reason that I like this one a lot better is because then it then allows more things to happen with Commandant Lassard, uh, with Tackleberry, with Hightower. You get a little mm. bit more of the other characters, whereas in two, three, four, it was a little bit more, not totally, but you know, a little more about Mahoney trying to get in somebody's pants and him playing pranks. Where in this one, everybody was kind of playing pranks, like Harris going through the uh, metal detector. He's like a bad version of Zach Morris. <laughs> the Mahoney. evil Zach Morris or just the, the not, no, as cool not as Zach cool Morris. Zach Morris he was the kid that went to the high school with Zach Morris and like always wanted to be Zach Morris and he finally got his opportunity and he didn't live up to his his inspiration <laughs> at the end he's like damn he just, he, he just has it yeah there's just something Zach about just that Zach it. Morris that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you say that's that Zach Morris good job dude. that was awesome <laughs> uh, but anyway and I, and I think that combined with the change of scenery yeah. Uh, even though that's for lack, I mean, I think they jumped the shark with three, just finding an excuse to get them back to the academy. Uh, but this one to me was a lot more enjoyable, and especially this one revisiting was more enjoyable than I remembered it being. I actually laughed or remembered things that I didn't remember that made it humorous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> anything else you want to add about five? <laughs> Again, it's kind of a rehash of the same thing, but a little bit different setting and scenario. And it was a little bit, and also there was a little bit more of like the Harris Proctor relationship, and also their interaction with the Academy kid, not kids, yeah. but you know the people. Uh, the whole airport sequence was pretty funny. All the different gags going on there. <laughs> uh, again, Police Academy One was rated R. Every subsequent se- well, two was PG thirteen. Every other one was, I think, was PG. So, I think the best thing the series, in hindsight, could have done was kept that R. Just keep it an adult, a raunchy comedy, mm-hmm. and I think that would have helped a lot. Uh, but again, growing up, every one of them was funny to me. Do uh, you think because they were released so far apart, like Daniel <laughs> had to sit through like within a couple of days and watch these? You I mean, think uh, the time gap? Well, I mean, they're only released a year apart. Which, yeah, I mean, it's still like you know, I mean, it's still not like we watched. You know, I watched them within a week. You know, just mm. trudging through them. Uh, but I mean, honestly, it's just. And as a, a kid, I watched a them. Movie, I like, as a kid, I'd, ri- I'd rent two at a time, or so, you know, because they, right. they were the black case releases. So they were like a dollar during the week, <laughs> so I'd go, you know, and you could keep them for like three days. So I'd rent a couple, and I'd, I'd watch them repeatedly. Uh, and then when when my family got a VCR, and I would buy blank tapes for like twenty bucks a pop, so I can have a blank tape to record, you know, movies that came on TBS and everything. Uh, of course, then I'd watch it more frequently. But uh, yeah, this is not. I think I mentioned before, like. 
when, when Blu-rays came out, because I had a, as said in the classic, I Spy Love, a geekishly large DVD collection. I Spy Love. But now love. with Blu-ray, I'm no very... No what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> True fans do. Okay. True fans of Trey Harris about. know what I'm talking yeah. about. But, uh, of course, with Blu-ray, I'm like, I'm not buying something that I don't want to watch again. I pretty much ask myself every question. Do I want, do I want this movie taking up space? Because look at my DVD, I'm like, I don't need to buy half that shit. And it's more so, I can only trade in so many at a time at FYE. Yeah. So I gotta, gotta balance it. <laughs> I don't want it to empty my rack all at one time anyway. So, but yeah, uh, this is none of these I would, I would buy. Uh, they're worth revisiting for free, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never need to watch these again. Right. I probably will never watch if it's on TV. I might watch a few seconds of it and skip it, but it's not like, oh shit, Police Academy 4 is on. <laughs> Sorry, baby. Tell your mom we're going to be an hour late. <laughs> I got to see these crazy uh, cadets get through. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> they're not cadets, except in the first one, yet it's still Police right. Academy. But uh, anyway, uh, many of Matt McCoy's scenes were actually written for Steve Gutenberg, who, of course, didn't reply as the role. And I, do I have his quote on here? I don't, oh, here we go, yeah. He turned down the Lee role and gave the, a firm no to any, this, to five, or any other Police Academy sequels that might turn up, which, of course, they did, six and seven, and the series. He turned them all down, but now, well, I don't know how many years later because this is from IMDb, but nowadays he's among the main people trying to get the series rebooted, which, <laughs> again, on. I have railed on reboots numerous times, but this is a series that it needs a modern reboot with modern comedians. To me. Really? Yeah. You I think w- this would survive? I, I would go see a Police Academy reboot. In huh. the- I would probably see it in a theater just because... I don't think I would. It, and, and, uh, no, I'm not... Now, it, it can't be, you know, uh, just uh, uh, Zac Efron and, you know, it, it has to have a good comedic cast. Like, you know, uh, no. you throw in, uh, like, uh, shit. That's like, what if you would If you throw get, shit in as a get. talking piece of shit. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, you throw in... Uh, Seth uh, Rogan or, you know, that kind of his troop. Right. Or even like Jason Siegel and some, some of those. Apatow crew or something. Yeah, something like that. Like, I would definitely be all on board on it. As long as it's not a two and a half hour movie with a huge dramatic arc midway through that takes away all the comedy and I find myself completely bored waiting for it to end. I.e. every other Joe Apatow movie aside from 40 Year Old Virgin. What about All of Us? Hell yeah, let's Remake do it. it. We can all get... We just need a place <laughs> to be the academy. and everything. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. <laughs> we just got to find a like place. Like a classroom setting style yeah. thing? We could... You just know. need a classroom and, you know, a place to be... Well, we should go anywhere like police academy. <laughs> and then we're inside in a classroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we could easily do it. But yeah, I Coming would... Coming soon from Awesome Podcast Network. And see, I, I would not... My, all, I, all I needed to do is have... Put Steve Gutenberg in and let him be an instructor. G.W. Bailey sealed on. Let him. Well, we can get him probably. Yeah, he's probably, probably dirt only cheap. Like Two thousand bucks or something yeah. at the most. <laughs> for a you're just you're dressed in this costume and say you live lines. here for a while. I'll make him sandwiches. <laughs> I'd be on board just with sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna make me sandwiches yeah. for the duration of this shoot. <laughs> I'm there. But yeah, I would I would be all about seeing a reboot, simply because even though they had seven of them in a series. The only one really that was worth anything, honestly, in total, was the first one. And yeah. they do it they do it with an R rating and re- put it out with the right cast. And again, you gotta have the right cast. I mean, because you're gonna have to have a Tackleberry type character. Mm-hmm. You know, let uh, Danny McBride be that character. You need a tall character. You know, somebody to be the the muscle. So I don't know who that would be. 
I'd have to Bill search. Goldberg. No. <laughs> he could be the instructor. Kevin Nash. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, Kevin Nash could be. Like, yeah. Well, he he could. He's a little he's old, a but I mean, he could be for um, that remake, Longest Yard. Yeah, I mean, he's a great actor. It's yeah. just there's not much because because of his size, he's very specific. Dead or alive. My wife, my wife said he was great in Magic Mike. I've yet to see it, nah, uh, but she said he was pretty funny in it. Uh, he was great in The Punisher, but again, they needed a big guy that didn't talk. Right. Not that he's not funny when he talks, because, I mean, look at any, any yeah, wrestling shit. Yeah. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but I mean, he could even be an show. instructor. You know, I mean, of course, Bubba Smith is no longer with us, so he could be Hightower. Just call him Hightower, in the, you know, as a <coughs> as an homage to that character. Or, uh, who's a big... Well, Michael Clark Duncan's dead, so... Because, of yeah. course, there'd be flack for casting a white guy as a iconic black character. I was trying to think of... Uh, Who's a big Idris Elba? Although uh, he's a little more dramatic, yeah, and he probably wouldn't want to be in. Oh, it would be a police academy because he's English, by the way. If y'all people didn't know that, yeah. Uh, and by y'all, of course, I mean our listeners slash viewers. I know, I know you guys knew that, right, Daniel? <laughs> Do you even know who Idris Elba is? Yeah. <laughs> okay, just make sure. The best part of Thor, the first one. Oh no way, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I love. I love him. I mean, he was, oh, and he's he just plays a great in actor, Prometheus period. Too. Yeah. Know, bitch, I know it. Damn, fool. And you about to see him in Pacific Rim. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Canceling the apocalypse, bitch. Sure, you're good, uh, good in Pacific Rim. Anyway, back to Police Academy. <laughs> Five. Uh, had student Steve Gut- Steve. Had Steve Gutenberg appeared as Mahoney in the movie, he would have been promoted at the end to lieutenant along with Hightower. Mm-hmm. So again... These are lieutenants and sergeants and captains running around doing uh, police acad- uh, police cadet work and things. So you can see where it kind of goes there. Uh, and the seed in the end with, on the speedboat where Callahan sings The Ride of the Valkyries, that was actually completely improvised, and the director liked it so much that he kept it in. Mm-hmm. And it was worth a laugh. Uh, of course, because she's very uh, Norse-looking with her, her character's very strong and yeah. well-endowed and Ble- bleach blonde bl- bleach blonde hair uh, not bleach blonde blonde hair because that's a redundancy uh, and then when Harris goes to give Hightower a medal Jones makes a sound of a horse as he passes by of course that's referencing part one where Harris goes off the motorcycle and into the horse's rear yeah, I got you. Uh, so and honestly I think that's one thing that this series really needed mo- a little bit more of that referencing stuff from the past because it's, uh, you know, all these, obviously these are the same characters, which I appreciate, I'll, except in this one with Steve Gutenberg gone. But again, it's not somebody taking over his role. His character is just not there. Uh, so it's, you know, I always like in a sequel where the same people come back. Uh, and I also like it when they reference, not as a, in total, as a whole thing, to where that's most of the jokes referencing previous stuff, but, you know, this happened, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And that's something that, you know, I only got because I watched them all back to back. When he did that, I was like, oh. Uh, that's worth mentioning. But then, uh, now Zed, one of your favorite characters, did not reprise his role because the producers could not come to a quote unquote financial agreement for him. <laughs> and it's interesting to note that Bobcat Goldwith and uh, Ted, whatever his name was, or excuse me, Tim Kozarinski, who played Sweet Chuck, they were actually really good friends, like because of shooting the movie. And in fact, uh, I mentioned in part two that Sweet Chuck was actually, actually became a character in the series because the director of part two liked his chemistry with Bobcat. Which you know they're 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 a good duo, comedic yeah. duo, because he's Sweet Chuck so dorky, and then Zed so off the wall. Uh, but because Zed or Bobcat Goldwaite wouldn't be in uh, five, they said, "Well, we don't need Sweet Chuck," so we kind of cost him <laughs> Tim a job as well. 
So uh, I wonder if they're still friends because Tim Kazarinski didn't get a didn't, do didn't get a paycheck for part five. Uh, but in the real world, again, this released March eighteenth, March eighteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, on March sixteenth, two days prior, the Iran-Contra affair began when Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North, of course, a well-known name these days. Uh, and Vice Admiral John Point Dexter are indicted on charges of conspiracy to defraud the United States of America. And of course, now if you watch Fox News, Oliver North is like a award-winning correspondent and such. So he kind of turned, uh, kind of uh, made a good comeback. I'd say so, so to speak. But now a mystery. I'll do it on the sixth. Oh, you do it on the sixth one. All right. Anyway, score-wise for Police Academy Five, where would you place it on the slide? Uh. I've won barely. So barely, <laughs> barely better than four. I like the. I give it a five point five. I liked it. Uh, to me, this one and the next one uh, after one were probably honestly and surprising to me now. The ones I like the most after the first one. Uh, but before we talk about Police Academy Six, the last one. Thank you, Jesus. That we're doing on the podcast. <laughs> Remember, everybody, if if any of the movies that we talk about on the podcast or the. Uh, the ones that we mentioned that we just recently watched in our Back to the Future or any of the sports stuff segments, you can always go to awesomepods.com, click on the Amazon link, and link, and buy any of these movies that yeah. we're talking about, and we get a small little kickback, which helps us. You know, Our goal is to get enough to where we can have some costume changes and have some cosplay parties for these films. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll start basing the movies we do on what we can dress up as, so there'll be no science fiction or fantasy movies for a long time unless you get to crack it on those Amazon links. But uh, we would appreciate it, and of course, uh, it costs you nothing extra. Yep. So don't forget that. You want to add anything to that, Daniel? Is there any recommendations that you have that people should head on over to Amazon and check out? I know probably 80% of what I buy on Amazon is books for the mm-hmm. wife. Your wife is a reader. Constantly getting books, and Christmas time is coming. So That's true. So better time gift-giving <laughs> ideas, head to Awesome Pods first, click on the Amazon link, and then shop your ass off. Have you been clicking on the link? Yeah. All right, good. I told you we got books. <laughs> we didn't accidentally not do it for diapers. Bummer. I have yeah. to admit I didn't do it last week when I ordered Man of Steel because Man, you guys. I forgot about it. <laughs> I, the moment I realized it was when I'm watching the the thing after I click place your order, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And like, I can't, at, that, at that point, it's like, I can't cancel. You I missed can't out cancel on like a dollar ten <laughs> or whatever. But uh, we're only human. How have you got anything from it yet? We don't disclose these numbers on the air. No, no, I don't even want numbers. I just nah. you still hadn't got anything from it. No, nah, I'm just letting it sit. Yeah, it'll be a rainy day fun for one of my There breaks. we go. Yeah, exactly. Or a host commits suicide and we have to <laughs> replace some burial expenses. An RG, some robot. But anyway, moving on to one year in the future, <laughs> less than a year to be exact. Police Academy 5 was March 18th, 88. 6, City Under Siege was released March 10th, 1989. The final Police Academy film of the decade. 3.6 on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, uh, IMDb. <laughs> a point, point 0.2 less than 5 got. Again, 0% for critics, 38% audience, six, down 6 points from 5. Uh, and interesting enough, this was the first one where there was actually like things written that this was the decline of the series. <laughs> and I just don't know. Are you laughing at the director whom I'm about to mention? Yes. Uh, the director was Peter Boners. <laughs> he also directed episodes <laughs> of Murphy <laughs> Brown <laughs> and <laughs> Home Improvement. <laughs> uh, the written oh by God. Steve Kerwick, who also wrote, I think he wrote five. 
Yeah, he was the same writer of Five. Again, he wrote some episodes of Family Ties and Growing Pains. And the new addition to the cast, the only one worth mentioning, was the mayor, slash, spoilers, the mastermind of the whole criminal organization, Kenneth Mars, who will always be known to me as a very special animated character. Do you know, Daniel, who he voiced? I did not look him up. I'm I'll sorry. give you a hint. He was in the same animated movie as the villain from Police Academy 5. With a startling red-headed beauty but nothing but seashells between me and an unbridled cartoon fantasy. Okay, what was he then? I'm trying to think of what... He, he was one of the main guys? Yes. On... I would say he's one of the main characters Is in he, Little uh, Mermaid. Sebastian? Nope, that was... Uh, I forget that dude's name, but he was an actual Caribbean dude. Mm. Uh, King Triton. Oh, Damn. So the whole time I was watching Six, I kept seeing King Triton <laughs> talking to them. Weird thing about Mermaid, Little Mermaid, is my wife loves it. Of course, every girl loves it. Uh, what are you trying to say, girl, Daniel? you growing up. Um, I've only watched it like two times all the way. I love that movie. I mean, it's, uh, no, I, it's not I my did favorite, like but it's it. A, yeah, I did like the movie, but I just don't remember too, too much about it. And again, uh, Ariel <laughs> was my princess crush back in the day. <laughs> Until until Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I was about to say, I until like Belle. Belle came along. <laughs> Although, Ariel has a better song than Belle. Part of your world just gets me every time. <laughs> it's a good song. <laughs> and it just came out on Blu-ray a couple months ago, so if you need to pick it up, go to Amazon.com, and, I mean, uh, AlsonPods.com, and snatch up Little Mermaid on Blu-ray before it's locked in the Disney vaults until the next high-def format comes out. I want to hear his voice. I set certain rules... And I expect those rules to be obeyed. But Dad, is it true you rescued a you human from yeah. drowning? Lighten up, Triton. Leave her alone, bitch. And that Little Mermaid kind of saved Disney. I don't know. I think that was like the, I think that was like the first big one in a few years. Because then you had you kind of had that no, string of animated yeah, stuff. I, with I think Mermaid was the first one that was like really successful out of that. Because I know there was a huge slump, and then they yeah hit after hit. Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. And then they kind of declined a little bit. Although not to me, but I mean, Hunchback Notre Dame wasn't as popular as... Hercules. You know, I loved Hercules. And Tarzan, I love both of those, but Pocahontas. those were a little less... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pocahontas and one too. That, uh, I, get, I mean, honestly, the bar was set really high with the string of it's hard to be Mermaid, there. Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah, but... And the... There are a recent string of... Uh, well, I guess string. I say one string as in... Uh, what was it? Tangled. Tango was really good. Yeah, very enjoyable. I, enjoyed it. I liked it. Uh, and then that new one comes out for Thanksgiving Frozen. Mm. So hopefully they keep yeah, it going. I hadn't heard anything about that till I saw full length of trailer. I was like, wow, that came out nowhere. But it look, obviously you hear to me, about something. It looks like the same people that did, or the same group that did Tango, because the similar character model, character models, like it's a video game, but uh, <laughs> well, the CG character really it, is. Well, they put them in a three D no, space and let them go. Pretty much, uh, yeah. I stand by what I said then. Because they still act out the parts and everything with motion capture. Yeah. So, yeah, I was right. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> but, yeah. So, hopefully, Frozen's as good as Tangled was and another kind of upswing. Yeah, the Princess of the Frog was like their last animated one, and I thought that yeah. was really good. I liked it. I got choked up at the end. I ain't even afraid to admit <laughs> it. With old Ray? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he's looking at the stars, I was like, and my wife, she things that I find set that actually touch me. She laughs. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> and I'm just like, <sighs> just like, oh, why'd you make it? No- uh, okay, we watched Rocky in the theater, mm-hmm. and she, just, you know, when he's like, Adrian, of course, that, you know, it's funny when you do it, not when you're watching Rocky. Right, right. But in that moment where he's screaming Adrian because he, you know, I did it, and I, I'm like, I'm, that music builds up, and my, I'm just like, I'm fighting back 
smiling so big and just and she just like <clears throat> I'm just like oh. <laughs> you do there's so certain this moment for me. Oh, I'm about to make her look like a Apollo, you know? Just shut yeah. up. <laughs> what are you talking right now? But uh anyway, back to Police Academy Six. You in the face, woman. <laughs> Watching me cry. Speaking of which, have you seen the preview for that new movie coming out, Grudge Match, with uh Stallone and De Niro? Mm-mm. You need to go watch it. It's have you seen it? Uh-huh. It's gonna be I think we talk about it's that, entertain yeah. it's it's awesome. It's gonna be a it's one of those I don't usually see comedies in the theater unless it's something really a police Is that comedy. comedy? I would say so. I mean, I mean, it's dr- comedy drama, right? I, I mean, mean the, I the trailer was pretty comedic, you know. To where that—that's funny because you know what it's from. But I thought it was kind of portrayed as like just an action movie. <clears throat> to me, I would say you know, com- it's it, it read more funny to me. Hmm. Like now, I don't think it's a straight comedy, but the trailer was extremely. I'm dying laughing, like where he goes to the meat packing thing. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What you gonna do? We're not gonna, oh yeah, we're the not gonna punch parts. the meat." You know, the, the trailer was definitely geared to like show. A comedic aspect of the movie. But and you have seen Rocky be... before. That's that's the trailer definitely says. You know, yeah, this is for people who have seen Rocky and because when I first Raging heard Bull. that movie was coming out, I thought it was a seri- like a serious drama movie because mm-hmm. like Stallone's gonna, f- you know, it's Jake the Mod or whatever his name is fighting Rocky Balboa. I was like, oh shit, you know. But then I right. see the trailer, I'm just like dying, like, oh, this is gonna be so funny because much we'll watch like it after the uh, after this podcast. <laughs> Oh, the trailer, yeah. yeah. For, so if you're watching we'll watch on, it on YouTube, YouTube live, you can see our rea- you can see Daniel's reactions to seeing it for the first time. Uh-huh. Yeah. But anyway, we're talking about another movie that's probably nowhere near as enjoyable as that movie will be. Uh, Please give me six, uh, like we mentioned. So Daniel, the last one, end of the road, bottom of the slide. Are you are you flying straight off the slide, or are you kind of getting that little arch to where you land right on your feet? You know. Right now, it gives um, it goes back level. Oh, okay. Where it gives you time to stop. Okay, so yeah. you don't you don't fall on the ground directly. No. You do kind of. No, it's like the end of a water slide level. where that's yeah. straight away. Where you can get up out of. You ain't got to get muddy. It doesn't or fall into like a that. spike pit or nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of felt the same with it. I think five and six are kind of close in terms mm-hmm. of just everything about it. I would give it the same score, but it was the same. Everybody doing the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> pretty hmm. much. The thing I love. The thing that. This is one of my favorite parts of any police academies in this movie. I did like the the mystery, yeah, behind the face. Like who is you know who is who is the uh, the mastermind? Mm -hmm. Uh, But the the part one thing I really like about this movie is is the is the end. It's almost like a boss fight. Each you know they each go their separate way and they have you know Hightower fights the big strong dude. Uh, Takaray fights the the marksman (laughs) and then Jones fights the 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 acrobat whatever he was with the goofy face. (laughs) But one of my favorite jokes of any and this is something I've remembered since I saw this movie way back in the day the first time when Jones gets knocked over in the thing and he takes the medal. Yeah, and he puts in his shirt, and he does it. He acts like he's a robot, and he and the dude is completely like, "What are you?" Like he's literally <laughs> is fooled by it, and he like he does all that acting, and that part always, even <laughs> even knowing it was coming up and not seeing it in a long time, it still made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that part, uh, but this one, aside from uh, it was like an episode one, of Scooby Doo, in a way, yeah, yeah that's a because you got your your crate, you know, your different stereotypes. At the end, people. when he unmasks, he's like, "Damn you!" and then. He starts going kind of psycho as he's yeah, going, like, I'm, I'm a villain. I'm a villain. I'm a villain. Yeah. <laughs> like he was trying to channel Judge Dredd a little bit. <laughs> I mean, uh, Judge Doom, excuse me, not Judge Doom. <laughs> <laughs> You're not arresting me. I'm going to kill you all. Yeah, he definitely channeled uh, Judge Doom, excuse me. That'd be a cool crossover. Doom versus Ju- uh, Dredd. Two judges. 
Judge Doom. And then uh, Judge Dredd could get the uh, the gun from Roger Rabbit, and that's how he kills Judge Doom mm-hmm. with the cartoon gun. Oh, here's that scene. And honest, and, uh, and one of the one of my fun, the one of the things I would imitate most often was his. And I think a lot of people got their imi- imitate a uh, dub kung fu movie from this movie. Like, ah, right. I'm going to kill you now. YouTube gets to take advantage yeah. of that. Yeah, so if you saw, yeah, keep looking at the TV, the computer monitor with the cameras yeah. up there. But, uh, yeah, I, I watching this one again, I was, this was, the, of all six of them, this was the one I was looking most forward to watching again. Again, because of I'm, of this one, I remembered most certain yeah. parts that I knew were from this one. Uh, so I was really looking forward to it. And, again, it's not the funniest movie. He totally didn't even touch him with that foot. And, uh, but, uh, this one was fun for me to watch because I really enjoyed it. This one, as a kid. Yeah. Uh, but again, revisiting it. Don't, don't, right. don't worry. Revisit. Go watch it. if you want to see. Play. <laughs> if if you're like, oh, I gotta. There's no way these movies can't be that. You're not as good. If you disagree, let us know. I, I just tell me why they're like what you find about the repetitive nature of them. But nevertheless, Police Academy is an iconic series from the '80s. Uh, Again, I can't think of anything aside from a horror franchise or Bond that had the, uh, aside from sci-fi television, i.e. Star Trek, that had the amount of films in such a short time, especially a run that this series had to go. Mm. Uh, six films in one decade. And then I think 94 was when the Mission to Moscow happened, which I've never seen. I don't honestly want to see it. Uh, although I looked at the cast, and there were like some people who are big now, not big now, but better known now. Like that must have been like kind of mm-hmm. a stepping stone movie for, or, you know, one of their earlier films, I should say. Like uh, I've forgot her damn name. She was in the whiskey commercials recently. Son of a bitch. I'll think of it later. Claire Falani. I think that's who I'm thinking of. Anyway, yeah, this is the part. You can hear his mechanical sounds. Target human mission destroy. My God, you're a robot! My God, he fools him! My God, you're a robot! <laughs> it's just—it's ridiculous. But of course, as a kid, this just made me die laughing. Anyway, part six. <laughs> Let's wrap this. Wrap this up. Uh, when Proctor is driving the Jeez. bus, he narrowly avoids hitting a, a fruit stand. Uh, and Harris yells, "Look out for Gene and Roger's fruit stand!" That's a blatant reference to Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. Who still gave the f- the film two thumbs down? What? Uh, How could he? They said they we, they appreciate the shout out, but uh, yeah, your, your movie still sucks. Uh, now, of course, we watch this from a digital file, so we didn't have the DVD. But there's actually a few deleted scenes, and one of them is uh, had Hightower protecting being, i.e., a bodyguard for Vince Neil, i.e., or I, I don't want to use I don't know why I said that. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> i.e., uh, but uh, uh, Vince Neil, lead singer Motley Crue. To where uh, he's being mobbed by some fans, so Hightower grabs the floor, the rug that they're standing on, and jerks it out and makes a way for Vince Neil. So Vince Neil was in this movie, but alas, it was not in the final cut. Uh, again, it performed poorly at the box office, grossing less than $11 million. And again, this is in writing, this is where they say it marks the decline of the Police Academy series, whereas 5 only made 19 This one made 11 You know, I mean, still, it couldn't have cost that much to make. Unless they kind of blew the budget on this one with the, the tank chase. I mean, uh, uh, the chase in the end with Bigfoot. Speaking of which, that was the second time Bigfoot made an appearance in this franchise. The truck, not the mytholo- supposedly mythological monster. Mm. 
Uh, of course, he was Bigfoot was big in the eighties. The truck again, not the the Sasquatch is bigger now than probably he ever was. He was with Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he did have a resurgence then. Mm-hmm. So you're right. Pardon me. Uh, and Billy Bird, the old lady from Four, uh, appears again in this movie, but as a different character. Uh, and uh, in Four, she was Mrs. Fellman, not no relation to Corey. Uh, and in this one, she was Miss Stanwyck. So I guess twin sisters. One got married to a Stanwyck, and or vice versa. Doesn't matter. And there's not that much mythology to solve in this <laughs> franchise. Right. Uh, and this is the only film in the entire seven film series where the titular police academy is never shown or mentioned. So this film should not be called Police Academy. It should just be called Police, <laughs> and. Or just City Under Siege. Oh, they decided to just drop that. Yeah, there's there's nothing about the Academy in this one at all. Wow. Never mentioned. Uh, excuse me, never seen or mentioned in this film. Uh, and it's the last time in the series that Hightower, Hooks, Nick Lassard, and Sergeant Fackler, Hurst, and Proctor make an appearance in the series. Uh, aside from Hightower and Hurst reprise their roles in two separate guest spots on the television series. Uh, now, Hightower and Hooks didn't appear in Police Academy 7, Supposedly because they didn't want to have Hooks back. Laverne, whatever her name is, I think. Uh, did I write it down? Nope. Uh, so Hightower it was good friends with us. She says, well, you're not bringing her back. I'm not her coming back. name was Marion Ramsey. Marion Ramsey. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know where I got Laverne from. Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so... But then uh, Leslie Easterbrook Callahan said that she thought... She heard from him that it was more so because that it was Mission to Moscow and they were shooting in Russia. That because he's so big that... Whenever they had to shoot stuff abroad, like he was always uncomfortable because nothing was big enough for him. Because huh. Europeans are smaller people than us, apparently. Uh, but yeah, that's that. And then uh, now this is no- now that we're wrapping up the series. It's worth noting that only Michael Winslow, uh, Jones, of course, David Graff, aka Tackleberry, and George Gaines, Commandant Lassard, are the only three characters to appear in all seven movies. Uh, and Winslow's the only one that goes beyond this and also appears in a regular role on Police Academy, the series. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he's just eagerly waiting news for a reboot because <laughs> he could be an instructor in the Academy. Uh, Gutenberg could be an instructor. Uh, of course, you need to find a... Uh, the guy that played Fackler ain't doing anything either. Uh, Marion, whatever her name is, can come back. So you just need to kind of replace Tackleberry and uh, Hightower characters. Hmm. It's Stallone to be Tackleberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of a big shot right now again he's re- probably could have gotten a few years ago or even better yet Jason Statham Jason Statham I'd, I'd, that's perfect <laughs> although it's probably not his type of movie I wouldn't say so I saw a great graphic on 9gag the other day it showed like Johnny Depp and it showed like eight of his characters that he's played and it all looked a little different then it showed uh, Meryl Streep and all the characters she played different characters she played uh uh, Hugh Jack, I'm just spouting out names. Like, and then he, the last one they show is Jason Statham, <laughs> and it's every character he did, but they look all the same. He, he doesn't change his appearance at all. <laughs> but at the top, it was an act. An actor can do can be anybody. It was, it was some little tag. I'm like, oh, that's cool. It was, oh yeah, all these roles, and then the last one is Jason Statham, <laughs> and I died laughing. Uh, that was a quick aside for that. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Final thoughts, Daniel, on the Police Academy series. Uh, actually, these are actually these are the pictures that they had together, but like they're all in one group. Right, right. And then the last one was Statham. <laughs> and it's, he just has a little more hair there, and that's the only. That's difference. it. 
That's probably early. But yeah, yeah, he pretty much looks the same. No, but I mean, no, no and harm. The eyes are the same. Oh, Jeff Daniels. <laughs> Look, I'm glad his TV show's a hit because I always like Jeff Daniels. Going back to arachnophobia. Well, Daniel, I know you're sad because we're never going to do another Police Academy movie on here. <laughs> Is there any... Let's wrap, let, let's wrap it up. Uh, your, so your favorite one, we were in agreement that the best one was one. Your second, you have to watch two, two of them. Obviously, we'd each pick one for our first choice. What would the other one be if you had to watch another one right now? Gun to your head. Pick one, bitch! Probably five. Really? I'd pick six. Mm. So There's five or six for me. The Gutenberg-less ones. Yeah. I'll have Police Academy. Hold the Gutenberg. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want any of that sand on it either, so give me part six. Yeah. Uh, favorite character in total after watching all six? Either Tackleberry or um, Lassard. I'd say either Tackleberry or Hightower. Mm. Uh, Tackleberry gets a little more screen time later on. Later on in the series. In and enough. Well, he's only in three of them, so... Mm. But you did like his kid. So if you had to pick a third one, would you? who would you pick? <clears throat> would Bobcat, because of Jesse's comment, would Bobcat be your third favorite character in the series? He would be up there. But uh, I like uh, Blonde. Easterberry. Oh. Uh, Easterbrook. Yeah, Easterbrook. <coughs> yeah. Callahan. Since, since you didn't listen to last week's episode yet, uh, <laughs> if you'd Two like to see ago, her recently. Technically. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, I did like Captain Harris, too. I didn't think about that. I think there's a lot of good characters mm-hmm in the series but again it's like they're spreading they, they should have been a trilogy they should have just left it a trilogy and then compressed the, the last mm-hmm. three movies jokes into the into uh, two and three and then they'd be probably really a really solid trilogy but again oh this is making money repeat repeat keep going keep repeat going. hurry 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 oh we only made 11 million fuck it <laughs> let's wait five years and go to Moscow and direct to, to VHS slash DVD but anyway, uh, it grossed one hundred twenty-six thousand. Whoa, that's Mission to Moscow. So, well, I'm yeah, sure it only uh, released on very limited theaters because I don't think it ever came to theaters around here. Yeah, that I remember. Just at least let people what know what happened in the nineties. Yeah, that. so that was the. Uh, mm-hmm. What was big in Sweden? It made over one point five million in Sweden. Nope. Swedes love Police Academy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, America, yeah. Police Academy. Well, pen, depends on the exchange rate. Ah, uh, that's true. And that was good enough to spawn the series. They're like, yeah, people still like it. In Sweden. <laughs> In Sweden. So let's make a series about it. I wonder if the Swedes like it because of Leslie Easterbrook. Blonde haired, big titty. Pardon my French for all the ladies listening, <laughs> watching. But if you want to see how she looks nowadays, aside from IMDb, she was in Devil's Rejects and a deleted scene from Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yep. So Rob Zombie likes her. <laughs> I mean, she's a better actress than his damn wife he puts in every fucking thing. But uh, she actually played the role... In Devil's Rejects, that was originally done by uh, that. Uh, it's an old actress that recently died, like earlier this year. I forget her name, but she was that character in House of a Thousand Corpses, and then Easterbrook took it over for Rejects. Mm. So, there you go for that. So again, if you if you haven't seen this series in a long time, go revisit one and trust us on this. Just maintain your fond memories of two through six, seven. I can't comment on because I've never seen it. And I have no desire to. So well, next time you go to Sweden, crank it up. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> the only American station they have their place in the Police Academy series. <laughs> Repeatedly, it's almost like a little version of hell. <laughs> if you were snowed in, <laughs> yeah, I'd recreate The Shining. What hell is this? 
all police academy and nothing else makes Trey a dull boy. <laughs> uh, but again, in the real world, this release released March 10th, 1989. On March 4th, six days earlier, Time Inc. and Warner Communications announced their plans for a merger forming the conglomerate powerhouse of Time Warner, who all these uh. little kids... <laughs> <laughs> South Park. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's rubbing my nipples for you podcasters. But YouTubers saw. YouTubers Well, saw. they just saw your arms move. Yeah, there you go. Here you go. Oh, look at that. There it is. All right. Oh, Jeffy, stop. <laughs> uh, score, uh, I'm sorry, what's the rewind this week since it's not a video game or sports? Should we even introduce it or should you? It's just... Mystery rewind or reset. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. There's a certain guy that was born on March 10th. By the name of Chuck Norris. Oh. As soon as I read what? that, I was like, that that trumps everything yeah. else. That, but what year was that? I don't know. He I is, know it's not 89, but I'm just saying. He is 73. So if his birthday already happened, he was born 1913. He was born in 73? Born no, 19, he's 73 now. 1950. Oh, he's 73 now. That's yeah, what I was like. Huh? That would make him really no, young. No, 1940. Yeah. So born Chuck Norris was born before the end of World War II. That's how old he is. And awesome. Of course. I mean, <laughs> no, the thing. I he love Chuck Norris. I like Chuck Norris. No, I'll, mm-hmm. of course, he's now legendary because of the Chuck Norris facts. Right. Yeah. But, uh. Oh, he would have faded away without that. Nobody would care. Yeah. I mean, certain people would. I mean, he, he still should have been in Expendables. I thought you were jump like, what? I'm talking about Chuck Norris? And yeah. of course, you're going to hear on the news how we died on the way home by a mysterious tornado, <laughs> which was Chuck Norris's uh, roundhouse kicks as he uh. obliterated us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, Ty- Taiwanese typhoon. Yeah. That wasn't a typhoon. Chuck Norris just really hates Thailand <laughs> or uh, Taiwan. Philippines. Oh, damn it! Why did I, yeah. I'm sorry. Philippines. I'm sorry, Say Taiwanese. You're sorry to him. <laughs> Everyone I know in the Philippines are okay. Oh shit! Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how close to home that was for you. Really? Like, I mean, no okay. disrespect. They're on the south southern islands. So. Sorry, that was too soon. I apologize <laughs> to my producer, <laughs> who when we leave is going to edit everything I say to be Trey completely Harris, so. <laughs> racist to the Philippine no. Filipino people. <laughs> no, but that was a terrible tragedy. But you shouldn't piss off Chuck Norris. <laughs> go to RedCross.org. <laughs> I don't know if that's go to, awesome, go to Awesome Pods first and click on the link to the Red Cross. <laughs> if we had that, yeah, yeah we don't. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> give that a shot. So, yeah, Chuck Norris, 73, doesn't look at, he looks to me, probably it's his beard that hides a lot of his age. Uh, But, you know, you look at Arnold, you see the age in him. Uh, You look at Stallone, you can see it in the face. Chuck Norris, to me, looks, like, if you put him together, he looks, looks, he's more grizzled looking. You know, like, he just doesn't, he just looks like an older guy, but of course, I'm sure he dyes his hair. There's been more than one person that has said my dad looks like Chuck Norris. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. With the beard and everything. Is your dad Chuck Norris? <laughs> your dad's Ed Harris. That's right. <laughs> better actor, but not a better ass kicker. He can act like a better ass kicker. Right. But he couldn't kick as much ass. Although, we should never forget that Chuck Norris got his ass handed to him by Bruce Lee. So, people tend to forget that. Yeah, Chuck Norris can do all this. He can His tears can cure well, cancer. Bruce Lee. <laughs> and then Bruce Lee. Wah! Yeah, Bruce Lee died not long after. Well, that's the... That's one of the Chuck Norris things. Is like the only person ever to beat Chuck Norris was Bruce Lee, and then he died like a month later. <laughs> you know, there's some some Chuck Norris joke. In fact, Raising oh, Cane's, just... Raising Cane's in Denim so has that that, that, that poster, and they had two of the funniest ones I've ever heard on there, and I can't think of them offhand. 
but we're, me and my wife were eating there about a month ago when I was reading them, and most of them are the same ones that you see. And then there were two on there, and I wish I could remember them so I can. I don't sound like an idiot for not being able to remember. Bringing them. it up for no reason. Pretty well, I, I can tell you the favorite. My favorite one that I can remember is Chuck Norris was bitten by a cobra. Two agonizingly, de- ag- two days later, the cobra died in agonizing pain. <laughs> That's always been one of my favorite ones. But the two that I read the other day, I was like, they were actually really funny. But again, I can't remember them, so I'll move on. <laughs> but that is probably the greatest segment of Daniel's ever to celebrate the birth of Chuck Norris. Thank you. And. Chuck Norris had nothing to do I didn't. with Police Academy. Thank exactly. <laughs> like um, when I was going, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to check birthdays. He was the, he's number one on the birthday. Sh- and and I should did be. Not, I did not scroll down. There's no that need. That was it. <laughs> I was just seeing it. Anyway, that yeah. was. I just, saw, I just saw that classic picture of him holding the two Uzis from. Reset, I guess. Entertainment. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> number three is good on that. When Chuck Norris plays Oregon Trail, his family does not die from <laughs> cholera or dysentery, but rather roundhouse kicks to the face. He also requires no wagon since he carries the oxen, axles, and buffalo meat on his back. He always makes it to Oregon before you. <laughs> hmm. I'm just reading the JFK one because we're closing in on the 50th anniversary. Oh. I did record that uh, JFK thing. I haven't watched it yet. Which one? Rod Blow in it. Oh, the one based on the book? With... Yeah, I don't, I don't talk about yeah. yeah it, I mean, I like the trailer for it, so... It's something that we'll watch. It. I saw a watch video of them stabilizing the actual video. The Pruder film to where it wasn't shaking. Yeah, did you see it? Oh, I've seen that many times. Yeah. Have you seen JFK? Uh uh-uh. The movie? Because, yeah. Because no. there's about a five minute section of the movie where they show that shot oh, really? of his head, his brain falling out like repeatedly as Kevin uh-huh. Costner keeps saying back and to the left. Yeah. Back and to the left. And they play it in sl- increasingly <laughs> oh, slower <yeah>. motion. Oh, jeez. <laughs> repeatedly. JFK is a great film, but. Uh, of course, we're approaching the 50th anniversary of the assassination, so the History Channel and everything's in inundated, in, whatever that word to pronounce it. Like my tongue, I'm tongue-tied. Inundated, excuse me. There you go, uh, with uh, Kennedy things and conspiracy theories and all that. And I saw one. It was called The Smoking Gun, and it was probably one of the best produced documentaries I've ever seen on the subject. But there, and I've never heard this story before. Even though I mentioned it to my mom the other day, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I knew about this." I'm like. I won the history fair in seventh grade doing the Kennedy assassination. I never heard of this theory. Yeah. There's a theory that Oswald shot, and he's the one that hit Kennedy in the neck. You know, in, in the Zapruder film, he's, of course, only YouTube people can see it where he's holding his neck. And then the fatal shot that blew his head off actually came from the Secret Service behind him who accidentally discharged their weapon. Hmm. And the reason they came to this conclusion was the three main things. One, it's a fact that a Secret Service agent had an AR-15 in the limo behind him. There's a picture of it uh, as they're speeding away. Not of the. It's not like you know evidence, but uh, and then like of all the witnesses that were there, like in terms of the percentage of them, like 30, 40, 30, 35 percent of the witnesses on street level smelled gunpowder. You're not going to smell gunpowder from a sixth floor depository drifting down to you. Yeah. But the trajectory that the guy developed of the based upon the autopsy showed that 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 shot could only come from a like a street level from behind and the other thing was that the round in oswald's rifle the man liquor carcano was a 3.5 millimeter round that's a rifle round so it's going to go through something and leave a clean hole you know entrance and exit wound are the same an ar-15 shell i forget the term for it but you know it shrapnel you know it it goes in a hole and then it you know it it explodes out the other end, which is 
what happened to Kennedy's head, if like you were talking about. So it was a really good documentary on the subject and a theory I, I oh, personally yeah, had never heard before. But they had the science to back it up. And of course, there's a million different theories. I mean, JFK is sure. a great movie, and they develop, delve into like all these millions of possibilities. But I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, that's entirely plausible. Yeah, friendly fire. They, yeah, the science. Of course, the biggest thing is, is okay. Well, the, 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 the reason that point in a. Well, movie? the thing is, he heard the, the Secret Service agent heard the shot. But it seemed like it was so quick. Well, the, I think it was a period of I want to say eight or six seconds. And again, these people are trained. Like they hear, mm. and the first and the thing that one of the evidence. Uh, things about it too is the first two shots were really close together, like pow. Really, you know, Oswald had like a uh, oh, what's it called? A bolt Whatever. action. Yeah, bolt. So uh, you know, pow, pow, and then there was a bigger delay between the third shot. But the theory suggests that the Secret Service agent just heard it and recognized it as gunfire, and so he reached down, pulls up the rifle, and turns the safety off to like you know see where it's coming from. But as he does that, again, everything's playing out as you see in the Zapruder film, to where they see the president's hit. So the limousine. Uh, the, I think it slows down or whatever. Like the driver slows down, so when he hits the brakes, the guy has a automatic rifle safety off with his finger on the trigger. Hits the brakes, the gun fires, hits the president in the head. That's the theory behind it. And again, my biggest the the, the thing about it is, you accidentally discharge your weapon, and the one person that it fatally hits in the head mm-hmm. is the one person you're supposed to protect. So it's like it's the biggest coincidental. It's coincidental, but again, the thing that was shocking about it was the science that they did backed it up. But then, you know, you get your counterpoint and all that. So, I mean, but it, based on a lot of this stuff, it was really, really interesting. And again, it's it's relevant because we're approaching the 50th anniversary of the assassination. And I've been to I've been to Dallas twice and been to that museum twice, and it's it's really awesome to go there. You think that that person would still be around? You know, well, he died not too long ago, and there was oh. a, a, and they 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 talk about that when they were writing the book, they. Tried to get him to. It's the the uh, documentary is based on a book called Mortal Error, and they they the writer and the researcher and the publisher try to get in contact with like, look, we're publishing this book. If you got something to say, you need to tell us, and we'll you know, we'll put it in the book. The guy was silent, and then like came yeah, out. I got retirement to think about. <laughs> it came out. He didn't say anything. And then when they they were publishing the book in paperback, is when he finally sued him, the publishing company, and they settled out of court. Hmm. But the biggest thing that it applied, of course, there's all these unanswered questions about the assassination, like. The magic bullet theory, which they explain in the documentary, uh, the uh, you know they found a pristine bullet at the hospital. The brain is missing. JFK's brain autopsy. You know, you do an autopsy, you, all the body parts stay together to be buried or whatever. His brain goes missing, which would show exactly you know the damage that was caused. Even though you see there's a Pruder film, obviously something there is an exit wound being formed, which the rifle Oswald used wouldn't cause that. It just that's hard facts hmm. so obviously you know there's something going on you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions but it, that's a subject i've always truly been interested in as obviously i've taken up 10 minutes of time talking about it on but, a police uh, academy podcast yeah so <laughs> how do we go from <laughs> well, back to, to the, the futures no actually uh tackleberry's <laughs> agent that shoots him yeah, yeah. <laughs> or tackleberry's dad <laughs> the go. gun enthusiast but that's it was a really interesting theory and if, if that's a subject that you're interested in i'm sure they'll be replaying it but it's called jfk the smoking gun any of you listeners or viewers out there if that's a subject that you find interesting as i do check it out so it's pretty cool and go. i think that's you know, we did right. your your what would we call it entertainment rewind so we did back to the future we're good to go i think uh score wise did we do that you give your score for six. Five, about the same. Five point five. Or point yeah, one. yeah, point one because it's one point better than four. Uh, six gets a six for me. It's the like, like I said, it's the, if I had to watch two, it'd be my second. It's my second favorite. So 
Hmm. Yeah. Did we do it back to the future? I thought that's what that was. Oh, no. Well, okay, we'll call it that. Because of the, 50, the 50th thing you were telling me. Well, I was going to save it for later in the month, but it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's it. There you go. It's all good. But if you want to hear a movie review real quick, I saw Elysium recently. Have you seen it? Elysium. District no. 9. Matt Damon. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. Really good. Uh, it's. I wanted to see it. In a nutshell, the trailer is very misleading to the plot of the movie. I mean, good. I like it when they do that. Because I was watching, I'm like, okay, I didn't expect this to be the story based on what you see in the trailer. So, but it, of course, Neil Blomkamp, Blomkamp, yeah. Yeah. Uh, visually stunning. Uh, the music's really great. My only complaint is the villains. And I've heard other people say this, which I thought that's kind of an odd complaint. Uh, but the, uh, the guy, the villain is the guy that plays the main character in district nine. Okay. That, you know, spoilers turning yeah. to an alien and all that. All right. Uh, and of course he's South African, but he just has this, I couldn't understand him half the time. Because he just starts screaming stuff and, and I'm just like, what do he say? I don't know. But it didn't detract from the enjoyment of the movie, but it's a very enjoyable movie. It comes out on Blu-ray pretty soon. Uh, the cinematographer really for that movie in District 9 is doing Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Which, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that. It looks yeah. amazing. He's required. Lo- I mean, that's his job. <laughs> uh, and Captain America 2, like I've... Of course, like I said last week, uh, Thor 2 is really good. I'm, I'm, hope, I'm predicting that Captain America 2 will probably be the best sequel of the Captain America Thor Iron Man group. Yeah. Uh, it just looks phenomenal. And they're, they're doing, I think they're doing right by it by going more like the political aspect of it because Robert Redford's in it as like a politician. So you got S.H.I.E.L.D. Com- you know, and the whole politic thing going on, very reminiscent of a Vietnam kind of mentality. Politicians trying to do things and a little bit of paranoia in there, but it looks phenomenal. So anyway... Hmm. Tune in next week as we're not doing what I have written here because no, Daniel picked. We could do two of them. Two what of, you have written and the one. Oh I no, picked. we're gonna save. We only do two at a time for the police academy because we didn't have shit to say for no, the sequels. But, yeah, no. okay, I got you. <laughs> this next next week's all you, my friend. This is I think this is the first one that you've picked. Is that correct? Did I kind of pick Willow? I well, think we I knew we were gonna do it. Did I kind of pick Ghostbusters? I mean, those were two we knew we were going to do. Like, <laughs> like there was no question. How can we not do this? Because I think this is it's it's more your favorite than mine. I mean, not that I don't like it, yeah. but it's it's one it's one of those that's more. It's like Dirty Dancing. I mean, uh, yeah, Dirty Dancing, more dear to your heart than it is to mine. Gotcha. But we did Dirty Dancing for the wives and Swayze. But let's just say this is the first one that Watch Daniel Daniel really too. wanted to do. This one, episode seventy, Karate <laughs> Kid. That's good. <laughs> So tune in next week as we cover The Karate Kid, one of your favorite movies of all time, if I'm not mistaken, Daniel. What'd you say? It's not my favorite Top 10, top 20? Probably top 30. Really? So it'd be like 23? Something like that. Yeah, if you say top 30, you have to be be less than 25. So 27, 28 of all time. Something like that. I I never did actual. You need to actually do that. I think on our 100th episode, we'll each come up with a list of our... Favorite movies of the... We'll have to keep it 80s relevant. We'll do our favorite... Top twenty-five. Each of our top twenty-five favorite movies of the decade. Oh shit! And Jesse too. We'll make it a. There we go. All participation required. <laughs> Part of your grade this semester will be participation. <laughs> so thirty episodes down the road. <laughs> this time next year. There you go. So you know, only twenty weeks away, roughly. Wait, wait, seventy. This was seventy. Yeah. Uh, no, next one seventy. This sixty-nine. So thirty. So yeah, around summertime. We'll do it in time for summer blockbusters of twenty fourteen. But don't forget. Uh, 
check out the other podcasts on the Awesome Podcast Network, such as, so I don't forget any, uh, Geekly Dose, Duo Attack, the Jesse Sedgley Podcast, Why Don't You Know This, and Republic City Report, and others coming soon. Uh, check them out at awesomepods.com, Awesome Pods on Facebook, Awesome Pods on Twitter. Hit us up with an email at 80srevisited at gmail.com. Remember, no apostrophe needed for the email. And until mm. next time, I remain Trejeris. Daniel San Angelo. Daniel San. San. Tangelo. <laughs> Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Oh, We're done with Police geez. Academy! Let's get a beer. <laughs> <laughs>